0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to my channel. It's time for a recap of the sixth episode of Love After Lockup. We start out with Jonna telling her dad that Garrett finally proposed to her. And he is, of course, unimpressed and hopes that she doesn't jump the gun to get married. He really does speak the truth about her rushing things and idealizing marriage and thinking that the title will make their relationship perfect. When in reality, if their relationship already has these struggles, like Garrett going out and not talking to her about it and, you know, drinking without telling her, even though that's something he promised her that he would do with her first and different things like that. If that's already happening before the marriage, it's gonna happen within the marriage and getting married is just gonna make it so much more difficult for Jonna to walk away from him. He also tells her that Garrett probably only proposed to her because he feels bad that she waited around for him so long and he gets so pissed off at how kind of obtuse she was being that he literally slams his coffee on the ground like, I've had it, and it was so funny. Now, it's one month until uh, the wedding and an overwhelmed Andrea goes dress shopping with her daughters and friends. She reveals to the bridal stylist that she met Lamar as a prison pen pal and of course the stylist is quite it. In the middle of shopping, Lamar calls Andrea and asks her to step aside so that he could break the news that he's not going to be able to, you know, come down to Utah and meet the kids. And Andrea asks her whether or not he's telling the truth. And if he's lying, is it because he doesn't actually want to live in the same state as her eventually and things like that. And it's kind of like if you suspect your soon to be husband of not wanting to live in the same state as you and your kids, why do you want to marry him? You know, it just makes absolutely no sense. Um, Next up, Scott angrily prunes his garden while his friend Shirlene comes over because he stopped answering her phone calls. She immediately starts dragging him for tricking off on an inmate and he just harps on how guilty he feels for enabling Lizzie to potentially earn an extra 12 years in the slammer. He also reveals that it would cost about $14,000 in lawyers fees to fight for Lizzie and Shirlene is like, dude, you're being an absolute idiot like now is your time to make a clean break for it and Scott's like no I'm just loyal and so his friend Charlene's like you know what I can't just sit here and watch you hang yourself like a complete fool and she walks away and um, Scott just sits there on his front porch contemplating his life decisions it's just so scary what loneliness does to some people a lack of self-esteem as well and it's just that's all I could say about Scott, like he has to be a glutton for punishment or something because his life is a mess. Now Mary secretly goes wedding dress shopping with a friend and complains that Dom doesn't want to get married for at least a year, which again is pretty crazy considering he's still on parole until about then. So in my opinion, he seems to be the more reasonable of the two. And it's also a little bit troubling how little she seems to care about his emotional well-being because Dom has already told her that just being out in the real world is already like too. emotional stimuli for him because you know he's so used to you know solitary not solitary confinement but like you have to be at this point you gotta be at this point you only get a couple hours of this that and the other like it's just so much to see and hear and do and touch in the real world that it's overwhelming for him and having a big wedding would you know only add to the stress that he's already feeling now James and his crazy eyes go out with his friend Chris to talk about a fight that he had with Ala over her skipping her modeling agency meeting and everything that went down last episode with her and the whole bizarro claiming to be pregnant refusing to show him the results, even though they were negative, thing. And so, um, Chris actually, you know, is a good friend, I feel like. He tells James, like, dude, isn't it a bit convenient that? She's acting weird and strange and, you know, pregnancy is her go-to excuse for it, like thinking that she could be pregnant, like, do you like even have the slightest inkling that she could potentially be relapsing on drugs at all? He flat out tells James that he thinks that Alla's, um sickness is a symptom of drug abuse and James, you know, to the camera is like, I don't have any personal experience with people, you know being drug addicts or anything like that but I do know the signs to look out for and I don't see them in Alla because she's so bright and vibrant and to me she's anything but like her eyes are always looking like 50 pounds apiece, and she's always slurring and stuttering and she just looks like a, a druggie to me. He then calls Chris an asshole and Chris tells him to be realistic and to consider that she could actually relapse. James then chooses to remain ignorant and walks away before telling the camera that he wants to talk to Alla one-on-one and that he's got a zero tolerance policy for for drugs. And then after that, Chris gets his own talking head with the producer and he says that he is absolutely certain that he thinks that Allah Has relapsed. We're back over in Canada uh, at Mary's apartment which is absolutely gorgeous and her dog seems to be one of those designer purebreds. Guys where is that money coming from considering the fact that she's you know a new real estate agent she only just got her license last I checked and then Dom was in jail all of these years like where's that coin coming from girl. Dom then shows up bearing flowers that look like they were straight up pulled from a neighbor's yard like there's no packaging or anything on them and apologizes for the role that he's played in their Fight Mary brings up the change in his personality and he acknowledges that jail changed him and that as a result he wants to get a grip on the world before getting married immediately, though he still loves her and is okay with throwing a small wedding. And that makes Mary happy enough that the clothes come flying off and they come to make their decision. Back over in Utah at Andrea's place, she sits her kids down um, to reveal the news that Lamar is not actually going to be able to come see them and that in fact they're going to be leaving Right, bright and early in the morning like 3am to head over to LA to see him instead. So her kids aren't very happy to be meeting Lamar due to his criminal past and it turns out that she's already coached um, her youngest daughter to call Lamar Papa and Dad. Yikes, yikes, yikes is all I can say. She literally tries to tell her kids that their family will be complete when she hauls them over to LA and they drag her dumb ass and you can just tell that she was pissed that they schooled her for the world to see. Imagine Imagine you guys your tweens being smarter than you like they do not approve of his background they want to know like what he wants to do to change his life in the future what he's gonna be bringing to their life they're like us meeting him and you marrying him is not gonna make us suddenly a happy family like this is work and stuff it was amazing how smart her kids were back in the land of Jana, it really does seem like her dad's words sank in because she hauled ass all the way over to Garrett's work to confront him about their relationship and his intentions with the engagement she shares her dad's opinion with Garrett and asks him why he proposed and Garrett says that it's because he loves her and that she's always been there for him again Garrett has shifty eyes and like all that so whenever he lies so to me it seems like he doesn't want to outright tell her that it's because he felt pressured and it was like you know you're giving me free rent chick like there's nowhere else for me to go and this was like the only rule this is the only thing you need for me so I dropped down on one knee but um his eyes said it all to me. Jonna then asked if he's ready for marriage or feels pressured and he says yes, he's ready and um, suggests that they actually elope in order to avoid her dad's criticism. You know, like that wouldn't piss him off anymore, right? Now Andrea and her kids arrive in LA and she gets lost and asked her daughter Nyla to call Lamar for directions and Nyla's like, I'm not putting that number in my phone. Uh-uh. My, what is his name? Thomason Jettison Edison uh, has to call him instead and it was just so funny. Like they He's about to receive from these kids y'all. They finally arrive at Lamar's house Actually, I shouldn't even say Lamar's house the house that he's staying in which I believe is actually his brother's and so um, her son Tennyson reveals that he's nervous about their mom's safety around Lamar being a convict and all for a violent offense and um, Nyla refuses to actually say hello to him when they pull up Andrea then tells her daughter Priscilla the youngest one to meet her dad Before trying to bribe Nyla with money to play nice with Lamar. Oh my my God, let's talk about the subpar parenting going on. Absolutely astounding. Nyla at first refuses to go in, like I said, and she finally does join them after Tennyson comes out to talk to her. And um, you know, they all just sit down and Tennyson asks, so, you know, Lamar, why were you in prison? And then Nyla asks whether or not he's in a gang. And then Andrew's like, what are you going to do next, ask him if he was a drug dealer? The kids were like, well, were you a drug dealer? This was absolutely like comedic to me. It was crazy that these are the things that Andrea should have been asking. And if he failed all of these questions, she should not have brought children or continued on with the relationship. Yet here we are these things, you know, these core foundational things, you know, about safety, ethics are more important to her tweens. Than they are to her. And last up in our scene, we finally see that James might get exposed to Ala, you know, relapsing on drugs. You guys, he had been trying to call Ala on his way home for a while and kept getting sent to voicemail. And he finally pulls up at the house. And I guess Ala wasn't expecting him because she was in the bathroom, like heaving and hyperventilating. And um, it was actually so freaky for him. You can just tell with his voice shaking and everything. James describes finding her in the bathroom, hyperventilating on the ground, probably strung out out of her mind and he recounts how scary it was for him to see her so helpless like that and he asked if you can call the ambulance and we don't get to hear Allah's response but I would imagine her response was no because you know she wasn't sick she was high off of drugs and if the ambulance were called and they found out that she had heroin in her system I think that could have posed a legal issue for her being on what I assume is parole and stuff and even if she weren't on parole drugs in your system girl I don't know about that. And the episode ends there. What a cliffhanger, you guys. What did you think about this episode of Love After Lockup? Please make sure to leave all of your thoughts and opinions in the comment section down below, and we'll chat. You can also like this video, subscribe for more, feel free to share it with your friends as well, and follow me across social media where I absolutely love chatting with you. That's all for now. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you next time.